Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Footy. I am Kate Abdo. Yes, you do have the right show. <laughs> I am going to be your host this week with the Morning Footy crew. Finally, got the call up. Took you what? How, how long have you been on air now? Almost six. Is our six month anniversary yes. on Wednesday? Six how months. Crazy. Six months. It took for the invite. Feels like five years. A little years. hurt. Yeah. Invite. What do you mean? <laughs> I invited myself. Since <laughs> <laughs> when do you get up early? <laughs> what? Since when do you get up early? I always early? get up early, Charlie. You clearly don't know me. I'm an early riser. Ask what anybody. Time? Um, okay, this morning I got up at 3 a.m., everybody. Wow. Ooh. Ooh. Just wanted to make sure first day, new yeah. girl, you Ooh. know. Um, but no, normally at home I'll be up at 5 at least. Okay. Yeah. Really? You get, you get oh, you were made early, for this you? then. Made for this. You get, for you get up at 5 for no reason? No, I would go work out. <laughs> Yeah, I guess for me, that's not the <laughs> Like I said. Like, what is that? I'm not familiar. Yeah. Good I weekend for you, the oh, Arsenal. What a wonderful weekend. 1-0 against Manchester City. How did that feel? It was incredible. It was the first time I went to an Arsenal pub in probably like six years. Why? Uh, just You're too good I, for the Arsenal pubs? Yeah, it's too early. I don't wake up. Um, I'm at the gym usually when Arsenal's on. I'm kidding. <laughs> what? She's watching. Um, no, it's just I haven't been. I haven't been. I've been too busy to go. And I kind of got comfortable watching it on my couch. My buddy's in town from England. He wanted to go to the pub. And what a day to be there. Yeah. Man. It was electric. Want to relive it? Want to look at the highlights? Please. Let's do it. Can we do it in slow-mo, all of it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely incredible match. And uh, um, this was a, a, a challenge that I think <laughs> warranted more than, than a yellow card. Well, this part. is the this second is, one. This, this, is, is, this isn't even the one that he did on Odegaard. Right. And in fact, which, that, I which think was, the, was a terrible challenge. They looked at it on VAR and said, nope, that's a yellow. And that wasn't even a yellow. I mean, that was... Absolutely embarrassing, but here we go. I mean, oh. off Nathan Ake's face. face. But Martinelli, all the subs were involved in this. This is what I love about this. Partey passed to Tomiyasu, passed to Havertz, mm -hmm. who passed to Martinelli. Absolutely incredible. All second half substitutes, making a big difference, making a massive, taking massive three points at home. It's the first time I believe in 12, where we had lost 12 matches in a row to Pep Guardiola's uh, Manchester City. This is huge for Arsenal. Massive weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that this Arsenal team has been kind of criticized for, is right? their, their like, inability to master their emotions in these big games and retain composure. Did this feel like a, like a signal of growth to you then, I guess? A signal of growth, but 
I'm not one of those Arsenal supporters that's like, oh, we won the league already, you know, because you, you beat a weakened Manchester City side. This is not the... With a weakened Arsenal side. Thank you. Yes, but this is not the Manchester City that was dominant last year. They're not the same without Kevin De Bruyne. And, and to go into depth, without Gundogan and without uh, Riyad Mahrez, they just don't have the same fear factor going forward for mm -hmm. me. So it, it is a big win. It's Manchester City. But... I don't put too much stock in it this early in the season. I think it's difficult to say that this is a weekend Manchester City. Up until this, at the beginning of the match, they were on more points they than they were at Kevin this place last year. That's the biggest issue, but they were on more points in the season than they had last season. So I wouldn't necessarily call them weekend. But I think what you'll find is that... You wouldn't early, call them weekend? No, not necessarily. If they're they're still able to get more points than they were at this point last season, that, to me, that's not weekend. They won the treble last if season. If you're down a pivotal player, you're weakened by Sure, of course. And no? Arsenal, the most the important is, player on Arsenal's pitch is, is uh, Bukayo Saka. So they were also down a player. But... What you see is the ineffectiveness of Erling Haaland without a KDB. He had zero shots on goal. Yeah, zero, incredible. He's getting no service. But that's not because that's not just because Kevin De Bruyne wasn't there. That's because uh, Saliba and Gabriel Magalhaes still have Erling Haaland in his pocket right now. Saliba's putting little little snacks in there just to feed Erling Haaland. Do you want? What do you want? You want some pickled herring? I don't know what they Jesus. eat in Norway. What do you want? Whale blubber? Sounds disgusting. I got it for you. Yeah. This is incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Look, this was this was a defensive master plan. By Mikel Arteta. And I think one of the things, and you mentioned sort of dialing back the emotions in important games, Mikel Arteta, if there's one thing that I could hold against him, is his decision-making in the past has been a little sketchy. And if you noticed, he waited to make the substitution. Uh, uh, Pep Guardiola made three subs in the 68th minute. Mikel Arteta made three subs in the 75th minute. Gave it a second, saw how they were resetting, saw how they were about to play the game or shift the, shift the tactics, and then he made his subs. And those subs were central in the win. That, to me, shows growth on a Mikel Arteta level, which I've been a huge fan of Mikel Arteta, but if there's one thing I can sort of use against him or, or give him, not give him credit for, it's the way he's been able to use, the way he's ineffective with subs in the past. Well, I would say well before that halftime, making a sub and taking Trossard off, that was the key of getting Martinelli on, because Martinelli's a different type of player as well. I, I think when you look at his substitutions, it wasn't just reactionary. It mm -hmm. was making those adjustments at halftime is where I think Arteta has shown growth for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. Psychological impact, though, of beating, it, whether it's the best version of Manchester City or not, it's still Manchester City, widely considered, right, the, the best football team in the world. So the psychological impact of that has to be huge. I, it has to be, but I'll also I'm, I agree with Charlie in that you have to pull back. Uh, if you're going to be you know, playing for the title and playing for uh, champion, you have to take these games with a grain of salt. You have to say we were supposed so to be. So you hype them. or you not hype? I'm hyped that we got the win, but I'm not saying we won the league. I'm not walking around going like that was it. We, we crossed the final hurdle. Nobody's doing that. I, there was no. a lot of fans that got a little bit, a little bit too excited. There, there, I think there are a number of, of Arsenal supporters that put too much stock into this win. It's a big win, it's a massive win, like you said, psychologically. It's, it's a big step forward to say, hey, we can beat Manchester City. It is at home. Beat Manchester City at the Etihad, now we're talking something different. But you also have to balance Europe. So Champions League as well. So I think when you're, when you're competing on all fronts, there's a different mentality after a win like this against Manchester City. I like this result just purely from a spectator standpoint, you know, because I think this league right now, it's kind of up for grabs. Like, I don't think there's going to be one team that is going to run away with it like we've seen City do in the past or Arsenal last year, you know, that kind of comes down to those final two teams. I think there's going to be, like, you add, like, a Liverpool in there, a Tottenham. Tottenham. Um, a Brighton. Don't or, forget United. You know, United. 
Oh. What? Okay. Tenth place? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're okay. talking about conference league? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about, Kate? United. But it just feels like it's... <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be more horses in this race this season, and I think that's exciting. You know, like it, it, it's it's becomes a, a much more enticing product to to watch when there's more teams involved. Um, so I, I loved it. I thought it was a, a really a positive result for for Arsenal. And yeah, it's always kind of fun to see the giant go down. City you know, the David and Goliath consecutive thing. losses since 2018. Yeah, I know it's nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, so let's switch to um, MLS. Uh, into Miami, Lionel Messi back in action, got 35 minutes off the bench. Uh, into Miami, though, officially eliminated from the playoffs. Um, let's take a look at the highlight from this one. First of all, go through the action, and then we'll talk about on the back what that result means and, and what we think about Lionel Messi and his future at the club. Yeah, this, this is a big miss from Kermaski here. Joseph Martinez plays him in. And I would say Inter-Miami had the better of the chances to start this game. Joseph hit the post. um, Aviles hit the crossbar. In the second half, Messi comes in. You think, okay, this is going to be the game changer. But again, this is Calendar, Drake Calendar. He gives a rebound straight to Alvaro Barrial. And and this is uh, a keeper that makes these technical mistakes. It's as simple as pushing the rebound wide. If you're going to parry it, parry it wide. But in terms of his ability, I think it's very raw. He's able to make some of those show-stopping saves. Mm. But, like, the technical ability, I think that's what has let him down to this point, Trey Callender. But, again, without Messi, who didn't look sharp in this game. Not at all. It looked like he had been off Mm. for a month or so. That's how he played. I'd never seen Messi look so unsharp. Yeah. Ineffective. Ineffective, but also just not sharp because his footing, he was slipping a little bit. It looked like he wasn't fit, Mm -hmm. game match fit. Um, So I think from that standpoint, I go back to what I said initially, playing all the matches that he did, coming off of a break, traveling across country from Miami to play in L.A., win, play 90 minutes, massive win, but it is a three-pointer at a conference. If there's ever a game you could rest him mm. and rest Jordi Alba and rest Busquets, it would be that one. Flies to Buenos Aires from there to play 90 minutes, and that's where his hamstring injury happened. And Bolivia. I mean, you're going into the sky to play there. I mean, that's... But he, he was already injured at that point. Yeah, but, I mean, he still traveled yeah. with the team. He was listed as an assistant coach. It's like, give the guy a break, you know? <laughs> Let him chill Fly in the Centurion Lounge. It, it was know? a brutal first half of the year, though, right? So, it, in that sense, playoffs uh, was always a really long shot. Do you think they would have made it had he been able to stay fit? Um, Yeah, I think so. I think when you look at uh, just the way the team turned around as soon as he came... I mean, it was the like, Busquets and... Messi and Jordi Alba completely changed the complexion of that team. And Tata Martino, yeah. you know, we don't talk enough about what Tata Martino brought to that side. I spoke to Jorge Mas in July when we were in D.C. for the MLS All-Star game. And at that point, Messi hadn't arrived yet. It was happening. But I asked him, I was like, you know, you're currently at the bottom of the standings right now. What does success look like for you guys this season? Like, do you have to make the playoffs for this season to be a success and he was like no we we've already been like just getting these guys like this is success for us and then they went on to win league's cup Cup, the league's cup and win a trophy so they get to they win league's cup they get to another cup final in the u.s open cup for them 
this is enough. Like this is this is a beyond a successful season, especially considering where they were. And right now, I think it's smart because, as you mentioned, Messi did not look sharp in in this match. The best thing for them to do is give him some rest. Start thinking about next and, season. Would well, next season is he going? I mean, as high as the highs have been, right? There is now talk that he could potentially go out on loan to Barcelona. Do you think that happens? Um, I don't think it happens. And and I also say that. The goal for Inter-Miami, if they're not winning a MLS Cup, is to get to the CONCACAF Champions Cup because now you can still play in the Club World Cup. So from Inter-Miami's standpoint, it's a massive win because they, they did get a trophy. Mm-hmm. They made a, 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 for the players outside of Lionel Messi, they all made a bunch of money in this, in this competition. <laughs> so I know a lot of people are pumped about that because they were getting heavily paid. But third is they're in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. So now Jordi Alba... Busquets and Messi can win a CONCACAF Champions Cup, which is massive because mm-hmm. you're talking about Inter-Miami getting to a Club World Cup. That's the type of, of level that I think Jorge Amas had in mind, David Beckham, to compete with some of the club, best clubs in the world. When they're all playing together, when they are clicking, I mean, we saw they, they were hands down the best team in, in the league. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That League's Cup run, streets will never forget. Never That was an streets will never forget. It was unbelievable. It was like a traveling circus. It was a, it was like a rock show. I mean, I've ne- Giggs, you know, Diddy, Camila Cabello, <laughs> all sitting together. It was, it was a bonanza in Fort Lauderdale of all places. Rick, Ricky Rose, <laughs> yeah, on the bro. It what? was wild. <laughs> Miami, bro. Said, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Every time a goal was scored, it was wild. It was a uh, people were paying how much eight hundred dollars to get tickets in Chicago I mean it was crazy this was this was fun but I hope he doesn't go on loan to Barcelona because give the, the one negative is if you don't make the playoffs you get a long break well now that's a positive for Messi mm. yeah. oh to have that break yeah. yes. to have that rest yeah. all right cool listen we are going to go to a very quick break when we come back we're going to have Ali Charles Martin with the headlines stay with us we'll be back This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. in the stands at Luton's game versus Tottenham. Apparently Jeffrey's been going to Luton uh, for more than six years now. Wouldn't happen on your watch, would it, Alexis? Uh, why, is no one, why is no one near him? Actually, no, he looks like a good boy. The only thing I'd be upset about is <laughs> getting dog hair on me. That, that would make me did very you know, upset. Did you know that Alexis is not a fan of dogs? Yes, no. that's why I said it wouldn't happen on Alexis's yeah. watch. I heard No one that. ever said I'm not a fan of dogs. Doesn't like I don't puppies, want, doesn't like babies. I don't want pets That makes you very unpopular in America, by the way. Oh, don't I know it. Yeah. yeah. 
You can say anything you want on stage. You say you don't like dogs, you lose the crowd. I've learned that. I'll never say it again. But of course, you guys keep repeating it on live TV, so here we are. You're welcome. Wait, uh, do you like dogs? Yeah, loves them. Yeah. There's yeah. a weak one yeah. in every relationship. I like this. Let's head over to Ali for the headlines. Ali. Thanks, Kate. I'm a big dog person. Sorry, Alex. Cool. cool. Set the record straight over here. Um, but let's get into the headlines. Sevilla has fired manager Jose Luis Mendelebar after the club earned just two wins in their first eight matches of the La Liga season. The club sits in 14th place in league play and managed just two draws in their first two Champions League group matches. The 62-year-old manager led Sevilla to their seventh Europa League title and saved them from relegation just five months ago, but the club now in a much different spot. Next up, Sevilla faces Real Madrid and Arsenal after the international break. And in Italy, forward Paolo Dybala suffered a knee injury in Roma's 4-1 win over Cagliari on Sunday. According to reports, Dybala is expected to be out for up to a month with a left knee sprain, which will cause him to miss Argentina's World Cup qualifiers against Paraguay and Peru. Dybala has recorded two goals and two assists this Serie A season for Roma. And in MLS news, DC United announced that head coach Wayne Rooney has mutually agreed to part ways with the club. Rooney took charge of the MLS club in July 2022 after a two-year stint with Derby County. Despite the club falling short of the MLS Cup playoffs this year, Rooney improved DC United's point tally in his first and only full season in charge, finishing with a total of 40 points. This will be the fourth straight season without a postseason appearance for DC, tied for the longest drought in club history. And in England, Birmingham City have sacked manager John Eustace in his second season with the club. The decision comes after Birmingham won back-to-back league matches and sit sixth in the championship table. According to multiple reports, Wayne Rooney has been linked with the job after mutually agreeing to part ways with his role at DC United. And according to multiple reports, Arsenal forward Bakayu Saka is expected to join the England national team camp ahead of the international break and European Championship qualifiers. England manager Gareth Southgate called up Saka last week despite the Arsenal player picking up a knock during the Gunners 2-1 Champions League defeat at Lons on Tuesday. Arsenal and the FA have reportedly had talks to discuss whether the player should join up with the national team during the break with Arsenal believing to think rest is the better option. And Alexis, I'm curious what you think on this, because we hear managers all the time talk about, you know, how frustrating it is to see a player that they're in-house rehabbing, working to get back to full strength, then get called up and have to kind of break that cycle. What do you think? Should, should clubs have more say over a player's departure during international windows when they're dealing with injury? That's a great question. I think it's difficult because there's so many different instances where I would agree with the club sort of having a bit more say in this situation. That's one of them. Regardless of my affinity for Arsenal, when you have a player that's seemingly starting to get back to fitness, you don't want to see him go out on an international break first. You want to see him, unless it's a, a, a you know absolutely important match, maybe a, a World Cup qualifier you absolutely need or maybe you understand, you'd, you'd hope that they'd get a chance, especially this early in the season, to stay with the club, kind of get fully, fully match fit, and then maybe for the next international window. So it's tough to say. I'm not a fan of either or. It should be a conversation. What I don't like about this situation is that seems to be a miscommunication or maybe a difference of opinion from what Arteta is saying and from what the FA is saying. And that, you should come to an agreement, especially with a player as important for both club and country as uh, Bukayo Saka. There's, there's always a power balance, a power struggle between club and country in a lot of cases because maybe a, a country says, we just want him to come in. And he can get his, continue to get his rehab with the group because he's so important to the group. So we want him just involved, see the plans, to have those conversations, be but in you, those meetings. Do you think that's played, what this yeah. is? 
In, in this case, no. I think Bakayo Saka is probably, as a young player who's starting to get healthy, they probably say, actually, we think by the end of it, he'll be good to go. Maybe he, he can't play the first game or he can't play, start from the first match, but the second match, they say, Big Italy match, he's in. We, we need him. So we'll take a, a Bakayo Saka who can play, whether it's 60, 75, or maybe it's 30, 40, whatever that is, that number is they feel that Bakayo Saka is good enough to contribute to, to the squad. If you were in this situation as a player, would you feel a little guilty about potentially no. getting some minutes with the national you, you, team? You always want to go back with the national team. Yeah. Always. You always it, how much I, does that matter, though? Like, how much does the, what the player want actually matter? If, if Saka's like, no, like, I, I really want to go with the England squad in well, this camp. Well, he's going like, to go. Is, yeah. I mean, but, but can the club... There, there are cases, though. As what, an is, American, what are those conversations As an American like? player, yeah. and you're in Europe, and a manager says, you're not going. And obviously the country has priority. If you go, guess what? When you come back, you're not playing. You're on the bench. Oof. And you got to work your way back into the team. Man. And you don't want to, in a lot of cases, how, how many Americans are the star of, of the club where they, they can't but not play you in, right. in, a, in a big match. Right. If you are on the, if you're teetering in the 11, sometimes you're, you're working your way in or you're, you're the first substitute, you can't take that, that risk of leaving your, your club to go play for your country, knowing that when you come back, then you, then you yeah. gotta restart from the bottom again. So it, it's trying to navigate what makes sense. And, and also, if you're going from England, national team in London, and you're still staying in London, to, for a training camp, that's not a big deal. Mm. If you're in England and now you got to go to South America or you got to go to LA or you know a, a six-hour, ten-hour flight, that's a, that's a big difference, right? Yes, Difficult. sir. Uh, all right, listen, we're going to talk about the Premier League when we come back. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the weekend's action. We've already done the Arsenal game. We'll show you some of the other stuff that went on this weekend in just a minute. Welcome back. Uh, here are some of the notable Premier League results this weekend uh, from across the pond. Uh, so Tottenham picking up another three points. They were away against Luton Town. Manchester United managed, just managed to get it done uh, against Brentford. Brighton and Liverpool splitting the points in that one. 2-2 the final score. Chelsea banging four past Burnley to get their three points. West Ham and Newcastle also splitting the points. 2-2 the score in London in that one. And Arsenal with a massive three points against Manchester City. Let's talk about that Manchester United scoreline against Brentford because yes, they it. get the win. 2-1 win over Brentford. Uh, it was 1-0 <laughs> to Brentford at 90 minutes, which to me just means underwhelming performance from Manchester United once again. However it ended, it's underwhelming that 90 minutes in we were in that position. We should well, ask you how yeah. you feel. Yeah, yeah. Are you underwhelmed? I mean, yes, <laughs> look, at, look at this United side from last year. Mm. Right? Everyone said, Eric Ten Hag, he's got oh, it. Massively right? finished he's the man. this season, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're, now we're pushing for the, for the title next season. We're ready. And now? And now we're a long way from ready. You, you, what are we, ninth we, in the table? We talked, we talked, we talked Thanks, at Alexis. the production meeting. How many did you say it again? It was 10th, I don't know if you heard Yeah, we talked at the production meeting this morning. I said, if they lost this match, is Ten Hag sacked? You said, absolutely. I think so, yes. Other people in the meeting disagreed, but I think at the very least he was in grave danger of being sacked. Do you I think, think that he's was very the right real. man for the job? 
Man, that's a difficult question. I don't know, Charlie. Um, who is the right person for the job, I think, is the bigger question, because we have tried ever since Sir Alex Ferguson to find the right fit for the job, and I don't think we've ever really managed to find that one person who's been the guy that, that everybody really has confidence in can lead us forward. I think Ten Hag is dealing with a lot of issues. I, I don't want to put all responsibility at his doorstep, but what, I think that fans though? certainly are, are now at that point where they're wondering, is Ten Hag the man? Whereas you're right, last season, just a few months ago, my, my dad was ecstatic about Ten Hag and Manchester United and what was about to happen, and we're, we're making a comeback. This is it. This so is happening. So your dad is a Manchester United fan? My dad's a Man United fan. Is my that mom, how you became a Manchester My mom's a Liverpool fan, yeah. Really? Oh, man. Yes. That house. They, they watch the games. When Man United play Liverpool, they watch in separate houses. My dad will go to like be with my nephews, who are Man United fans, and my mom I gets to stay in the house by herself. So much. Maybe they just don't want to be in the same room. Maybe that's Absolutely. what happened to my dad, and he just never came back. Uh, oh, <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Uh, the Derby is what it must have been. <laughs> I really had to go there, Alexis. Well, I didn't. I didn't realize that it, it was like a family lineage. I just assumed maybe you just picked Manchester United because a lot of Manchester United fans feel like you know there's a lot in London, there's a lot in you know in New York. They just pick. No, but I'm you. from Manchester. I'm from yeah. Manchester. Did your my dad, dad take was a United fan. No, he took my brother. Ooh. He never took you. Rude. Sorry, Jack. And you didn't pick Liverpool? Yeah, I felt <laughs> just a spider. <laughs> exactly. Listen, to be fair to my dad, England has come a long way in those years that I've been growing up. I know that women's soccer in America was much more prominent mm -hmm. back in that time, but for me growing up in the 80s, yes, I was born in 1981, everybody. Um, like, for me during that time, Soccer just wasn't open to girls. Whereas now I will go, you know, I go home at weekends after a Champions League show and I'll go and watch my niece play her soccer games. But that wasn't an option for us back then. So I, I accepted that my dad didn't take me to the ground. Sounds like we got to talk about that on kicking it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to have to start laying down on these couches on this show on it, instead of sitting on it. What did you think of this uh, comeback win? I, I looked this up. I didn't realize this is the first time that Manchester United in the Premier League history were down in the 90th and still won. Or down, uh, yeah, down in the 90th and still won. In Premier League history. In Premier League history, Okay, fine, yeah. yeah. I, I mean... It's difficult, right, because you get that swell of emotion when something like this happens and you feel like you're on a high. So the, the fans leaving the ground are ecstatic in, in some way, right? But this could have ended very differently for Manchester United. So I still feel very tempered in terms of how this played out. But Scott McTominay, man. What a game. You saw that. that Throw was some Harry, respect on Harry McGuire. Harry McGuire to Scott McTominay to save Eric Ten Hag's job. Did you think we'd say that on this show? Do <laughs> you know it was amazing the way they were celebrating afterwards? It was honestly like they just won the league. But I think they felt the like relief, the, yes, the pressure that the came out. The massive amount of relief. Because if they had lost another match at Old Trafford and then we hear the boos coming out. I mean it would have it would have been catastrophic. Mm -hmm. for, it wasn't so long for this ago. team, but it was you could see it. You could see the palpable relief on everybody. Especially face. going into the international break, oh. right? I think like now you can go into that international break and feel like you're in an okay place. Whereas I think it would have felt like total crisis at Manchester United had that not happened. I, I still I still think it's crisis mode. Yes, just it, not, maybe not, not, not total crisis. Yeah, but now you don't have a week of just uh, talking yeah, about exactly. yeah, you know, will they still won't like, pay. You just won <laughs> against Brent, Brentford. I get, and Let them have you, their moment, Mind you, mind you McCombinay, who has been stellar with Scotland, has, has not seen the pitch at all with United. And for me, he's grown considerably where he should be getting time. Mm. Now you go out and buy Mason Mount. Hasn't really hit. Yeah. Uh, Arambat pl playing as a left back. That left did not hit at all. That's not hitting at all. Marcus Ooh. Rashford struggling. Marcus Rashford. And, and Hoyland's starting to come along a little mm. bit, but... Still, that 
Hoyland, if you're comparing him to Erling Holland, it's why is it? What's an, what's the deal with Rashford? He was. Do you remember that stretch last season mm -hmm. where he? I mean, he couldn't stop scoring. The it's, guy was like, it, it was. Luke Shaw. Can we talk yeah. about Onana That's too? It. Yeah, Onana. Lord, it, it, is is Onana at the point? Does Eric Ten Hag have to bench him for his own? for his own well-being? Like, do you need to take him out of that position? Because his confidence at this point has to be shot. I mean, he settled into the game that first. That, I mean, that first goal was atrocious. He got a hand to it. You could see how much it weighed on him afterwards. What do you think David De Gea is doing right now? I'm probably giggling. Uh, <laughs> 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 he's probably in a group chat with Scott McTominay going, really? But that's why Ten Hag needs this to hit, right? Because of yeah. the way that Manchester United handled the departure of mm -hmm. David De Gea and how disrespectful that to me felt as a Manchester United fan uh, for somebody like David De Gea, who had been a servant of the club for so many years. Onana has to hit now my, if he's the guy that you brought but in. But he did. He did. He settled into the game. He made some nice saves after that first mistake. And it felt like maybe, especially to see the team sort of gather around him, it, the, towards the end of the match, it started reminding me of the era where Old Trafford was like a fortress and they couldn't lose. You don't remember that because your dad wouldn't take you to those games. But uh, it was when you would go to Old Trafford, everyone else went. Uh, they, they couldn't lose there. But, but, but for somebody who has that price tag, are you cool with the fact that, oh, hey, he settled into the game after that mistake? No. Right? No. Because but you have to get over it at some point. No, but this he's is starting thing. to get over oh, not, it. Oh, starting to get over it. Yeah, he's starting I, to find how confidence. How many games That's we can go want. down? We can go down, and he makes like a, a mistake every match. And how? what confidence every would he have if you match. take him out? And by the way, he probably should have been subbed at some point previous to this. But if you do take him out, you're going to shoot his confidence. Well, well, Are you not? That, that's the problem. So do you keep Marcus, Ra Marcus Rashford in? Do you keep Onana in for those reasons? Marcus Rashford isn't as effective because he doesn't have uh, Luke Shaw giving him, the, you know, advancing forward, giving him the space to do what he does. It's not his fault. Erling uh, sorry, uh, uh, Rasmus Hoy uh, Hoyland uh, is starting to find his feet in this in this squad. They got to figure out a way to get him the ball. I mean, it's been looking good when they've been set getting crosses to him, but they, they they have to figure out how to play together. All of this really falls on Eric Ten Hag. He's the one who he picked these pieces. He has to figure out a way to get his arm around Onana, get him playing better. It looked towards the end of the match that he was starting to settle in. If if what we saw in the second half from Onana is who he is the rest of the season, they're gonna be fine as far as goalkeeper. He has to find a way to get these players to click together. It's just it's his, all Eric Tanhag's fault. It, it's his guys and, and, and Anthony 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 and Onana are his big are his big purchases, right? Uh, along with Martinez. So yeah. if and you look, if you're looking at those guys in particular, but from Ajax, mm -hmm. he he brought them yeah. over, and they haven't really hit. Mm -hmm. And and so um, Martinez looked a little bit better at the end of last year, but this season when you're looking at Onana, who makes countless mistakes, and Anthony, who just there's no end product. Like yeah, there's entertainment and you can run and you can do all these tricks. Does a swerve. But there's no there's no end product. And for Manchester United, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm I'm interested to see but what happens. Sheffield United getting them after this break, I think that's a, a benefit because you try and build off of this this result. If you're going in against Man City, which they have on October 29th. I think that's a little bit different. If Amrabat and, and Casemiro can sort of solidify that defensive midfield, I think that frees up Bruno, that frees up uh, maybe like a Christian Eriksen to start to deliver a little bit more to those forwards. Hopefully. You just going to disrespect McTominay like that? Bro, he should be going forward. He comes in a brace forward. Yo. He's a midfielder. You know what I'm saying? He should be going forward. Yo, Scotland McTominay is a whole different vibe than bench Manchester United McTominay. Totally different. Um, uh, let's talk about Tottenham then. Tottenham were away to Luton. 1-0 win for Tottenham. Played the second half with down to 10 men. Uh, we can take a look at, at the highlight of this one. Here we go. I, I have to say, I am so impressed with Tottenham. And, and, and I think 
in particular, Ange Postacoglu, who changed the side. They go down to 10 men. Look at this goal from Van de Ven. But when, when I look at Tottenham, they, they were stifled in this first half. I think Luton Town did a good job of just frustrating Tottenham, and then they get a, a red card and two stupid yellows. Yeah, a dive. From a uh, dive? Yeah, the, the dive was just horrible. You're on a yellow card. But Ange Postacoglu makes a sub at halftime half and brings in Pierre Hoiberg, Emmerich Hoiberg, and solidifies midfield. Next thing you know, they were always going to dominate possession, but they just played with a passion and a spirit that was missing, I think, for, for you know, since... No, I'm just saying, last year they would have lost this game. Yeah. Last, like in seasons past, this is a game that they would have forever. Spurs would have Spurs, yeah. Spursies, you know. Yeah, like, not, and then, not and it's, it's not, it's not. That's just not the case anymore. And I think like that is that's the Ange effect is that he literally has changed the identity of this team. They are no longer the guys that are going to choke at the end of the game or find can they maintain that ways to that sustainable. It thank looks you. like I, be, I, I. It says the Arsenal said guy. You. I said thank you because this is all beginning of the season. Premier League season is a grind. They do not take much breaks in the winter. This, the vibes Death feel very different. It is. The vibe, you're 100% right. Ange Postacoglu has delivered his personality onto this team, which is a, they don't believe in us, who cares? We believe in us. And you see it on the pitch. I'll give him credit. But again, this is Luton, guys. This is Luton. If anything, we should blame the dog, right? Because the dog was in the stands. <laughs> Right? Okay. Such a hater. <laughs> it's the dog's fault? Yeah. Can anyone else get on this with me? No, honestly, it's against Luton. They were never going to get many opportunities in front of goal. They didn't take the chances when they had. Frustrate, that's really all they know how to do. It was, it was difficult to watch, but if you're going to give credit to Tottenham, it's that, like you said, this season, they don't give up. But when, when depth gets tested towards the middle of the season, I want to see if they still have the same result. I th- also, can we give some flowers to James Madison, who has been outstanding yes, he for has. them. He has played so – I've been right. so, so, so impressed. I never called him overrated last season, remember? Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> hey, I can – I remember – can we get your dad on the show this week so we can – my dad on the show? Yeah. Do yeah. oh, you think we great. could get him to zoom in and he could tell yeah. us about uh, – My mom will have to set up the Zoom, but yeah, we can. <laughs> Why you weren't the the chosen? Oh no! If, you, if you're bringing him in to to, uh, to put him on the spot and ask him why he never took me to football games, that's mean. Well, we can. Well, we'll just get his. We'll get his. That's kind of why we want him on the show. Okay. <laughs> we'll ask. We'll ask oh, your dad. Man, it was a different is. time generationally, everybody. Uh, <laughs> listen, after the break, uh, we're going to take a look at the weekend's action from across the rest of Europe's top leagues. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with that. See you in a second. Welcome back, everybody. Serie A, here's how the results looked from this weekend. Notable ones, Inter Milan dropping points at home away to Bologna. AC Milan getting uh, maximum points, on the other hand, against Genoa away from home. Lazio beating Atalanta in a high-scoring 1-3-2, the final score in that one. Napoli lose at home to Fiorentina, 3-1 the score in that one. Juve get the job done uh, against Torino. And Roma, big win over Cagliari, 4-1, the final score in that one. Let's jump into that Genoa against AC Milan game because, boy, was that one interesting. Hmm. Um, AC Milan beat Genoa to go top of Serie A despite playing the last seven minutes of their match with striker Olivier Giroud in goal. We want to talk about that. Let's, here's, the, here's the highlights. Let's run through this. Yunus Musa, mm. American to American. Let's go. Right. Musa, Pulisic, and it, what a turn and a finish with his left foot. You can see everybody's jacked up. Pulisic's and, feeling it. And this was this this was this is oh, horrific. Painful. Oh. 
It's then, all, it's worse when you watch it in slow motion. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh. There's not many times you take a knee to the, to neck. the neck. No, but I'll tell you right now, pre-VAR, this is just normal play. Goalkeepers had a license to come out. You don't out. think Magnon gets sent off for no. that pre-VAR? Nope. I'm surprised the, you feel the, that way. In that the game, it wasn't a foul. Bad, Chuck. In the mm. game. But it gifted us this moment. <laughs> and then <laughs> gifted you gifted you this moment. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. I love it. I wonder what it is that I wonder what it is that you like about Olivier Giroud. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start jawline. Go, (laughs) Suze. It's honestly the hair. It is the hair. It is the hair that we talked about. It didn't move. He launched himself into a group of humans and came out. It's like a cartoon. There's like a cloud of smoke and he's on the other side and the hair is perfect. I don't know how he does it. (laughs) It's just remarkable. Uh, I I think that this was such an important. I mean, I don't want to. It wasn't a handball. There was a question. It could have been a handball on that Pulisic Mm -hmm. goal, but we're just going to pretend that that wasn't a thing um, because the goal stood. But for Pulisic, I think what is so awesome that we're witnessing right now is that he is playing for a manager in Pioli that actually believes in him, that has given him confidence because – Watching him just kind of flounder on on the bench, not knowing when he was going to get minutes at Chelsea. I mean, that has that has to be a complete blow to your confidence. And he has entered a situation at AC Milan, where Pioli has been like, "Nope, you are you're the guy. We're going to allow you to be this guy. Like we have faith in you." And it's just you see it. He's playing with so much confidence and swagger. It's. I I just I don't think that we've we've not been able to see this version of Christian Pulisic in Europe yet. And this is this bodes so well for him, for the U.S. men's national team, having big moments in big games at a at a massive club. I just it makes Char- me incredibly happy. Charlie, we spoke to Thierry Henry on kicking it right mm-hmm. about Christian Pulisic, and, and one of his big criticisms, uh, of which there, of which there were quite a few of Christian Pulisic, right, was the making mistakes. What do you think he's proving to? those people like Thierry who looked at him and didn't believe? Well, I, I think the, the first thing that jumps out to me is Thierry saying, do it. Right. There's all this talk about Christian Pulisic. To show me something. Being, a world cla- yes. being potentially yeah. world class, the best American, uh, deserves more playing time. Then show it. Do it. Well, he's doing it. And I, and I, I love that you see that it's not only his belief, his confidence, because I don't think that was ever shaken, his confidence, because he always had like that that chip on his shoulder mentality. Definitely had a chip on his shoulder. But the teammates, his teammates believe in him. And I think that's the difference is everyone at Milan goes, this kid is a baller. He can play. He deserves to play. And he's one of our playmakers. That's the difference now. It's not only himself, but his teammates and the manager saying, this is why we bought you, to be an impact player. You're not, you're not a rotational player. You're somebody that's going to get us, win us games. And he's doing it. He's showing that he can... Give him that chance, whether he's creating the goals or scoring the goals. Like, this is a phenomenal first touch. It it may have a little hint of of handball, but for him to turn, smash it with his left foot, and the fact that Yunus Musa gave it to him Mm. as well, I love that fact from a U.S. international perspective. But uh, Christian Pulisic has always had the talent. But can he stay healthy and can he be consistent? And now we're seeing that, and we're seeing him flourish at Milan. And I always knew he just needed a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. 
But at a that big Chelsea club like Milan, I did not know he, like. he'd be able to hit hit the ground running like he has. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was just toxic at Chelsea. I think, yeah, if you look at even, you could see it in uh, like a Kai Havertz. And, and one of the things that surprised me about Pulisic in this match, where really just the way he's been playing with Milan, is the decision making, the, the confidence, as you said, but the, the idea to go for it. It felt like at Chelsea, had he turned, he wouldn't have gone with it uh, for it with his left foot. He would have laid it off to somebody else, almost pass on the responsibility to somebody else because it had gone so toxic. And we're still seeing that with Kai Havertz, who's kind of getting some of his confidence back in his decision making. And that in Pulisic is absolutely incredible. And for Yunus Musa, look, fine, maybe it's an injury that gets you on the pitch, but he's proving he deserves to be there. That, that guy, every time he gets a chance, just constantly impresses me. It's so, it's, I love a guy like Yunus Musa. And when you talk to him, he's calm. He's, he's happy. He's, he's smiling. He's humble. He is a he's delight. positive. Absolutely and, a delight. And, and, and the, the fact that, that he, he can play. <laughs> you know, he can play. What do I got to do? Is it like dogs? He can play multiple, <laughs> multiple positions in midfield, which I, which I love about Yunus mm. Musa. Because he, he, he can play as, as a holding defensive midfielder, which you've seen with the U.S. men's national team. He can also play as an, a traditional eight. He's even touched as a winger here and there. But I think... Because of his style of play, he's so good on the ball, he fits, and he's a, he's a tireless worker. I, I love what I've seen from you. Will that count well. against him that we don't know what his best position is, that he's so good at a lot of things? No. No? Didn't no. people say that about Weston McKinney? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're starting to see, though, as he matures, I think we're starting to see he belongs in the midfield, as not, not a, a wing back. <laughs> yeah, but he's, the, the, the point at Juve is he's too good for that team to have him off the, off the pitch. So Allegri finds a way to get him on the pitch. I still think he should be central, like you said, but he makes an impact when he plays. Whether it's on set pieces, whether, whether it's his challenges, wait, whether it's off McKinney the ball now? running. Yeah. 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 McKinney. Okay, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wait, hold he, on. He, he, it's, it's Monday. He did just <laughs> shift. Early. I was like, wait, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, you brought him. Well, you brought yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Weston is the type of player that shows he, he needs to be on the pitch because he impacts the game. Let's go from uh, Italy to Spain. Check out the results in La Liga over the weekend. What do we got here? Uh, what's interesting for you guys? Uh, at the home? Jude Bellingham special. Oh, yes. My Lord. <laughs> that, that's what's interesting Good here. Four nil. Uh, Atletico getting a big win uh, against. The oh, Royal you just want to do the graphic? Go ahead. Yeah, you know why not? I've, I've learned. <laughs> Take I mean, I, I was capable. Take <laughs> it. <laughs> you asked the question. I might as well hop in. Uh, it no. was rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, let's do that. Let's talk about your Jude Bellingham special. Englishman tearing it up. In Spain, <laughs> Look how happy you are. <laughs> I, I, I think Real Madrid got him at a discount, given how he's playing. He has it all. I didn't know he was this, I, I think, refined as a goal scorer, the way he's able to enter the box. He makes great, smart runs, almost like he, he has played as a, as a striker, as a, as a number 10. We've seen him as a more of a box-to-box midfielder with Dortmund, but Jeez. he's leading this team, and it, and it feels like everyone's allowing him they're following Jude Bellingham mm. and he does it every single match he's just consistent uh, that's what I love about Jude Bellingham and you see Vinicius Jr. back healthy scoring goals uh, Madrid is starting to look like the old Madrid yeah yeah and Jude Bellingham uh, above Kylian Mbappe in the Europe's top five leagues most goals in Europe's top five leagues um I guess that's interesting to me seeing him there uh, kind of so close to Kylian Mbappe because obviously since the Ronaldo Messi era we've always talked about Haaland and Mbappe as the two heirs to that era right but Jude Bellingham has to have a say in that somewhere now are we looking at uh, is he in that mix as well is that fair to say yeah I think we said on the show last week he's played himself into that conversation uh Carlo Ancelotti it might have been the only person who 
had the confidence to, to say, no, please roam that far forward. I mean, that's his style. He likes to give you freedom and to be creative. I am so insanely impressed. I mean, I need a thesaurus to start getting better, more adjectives to say about this guy. This guy is so impressive going out. forward. I, I don't know what I else know. to say. I don't. I'm, English is my second language, guys. Help me out. I can't, like, I am so impressed with his ability to go forward. He looks good every time he goes forward. So his goals that he has scored, he's two of them have come off headers, two left-footed, four right-footed. So, like, this just shows you, like, this guy is an absolute, complete complete player he can literally do it all and like what we are witnessing right now like watching him grow into a player that I think will eventually become one of the best to ever do it it's really special what else has happened around Europe that's a question to myself by the way Charlie not to you let's take a look <laughs> here we go uh, Celtic 3-1 win against Kilmarnock over in Scotland Ajax Oof. lost at home to Woof. AZ Alkmaar, struggle city for Ajax right now. Uh, Borussia Dortmund with a, a big win over Union Berlin, 4-2 the score in that one. Real Madrid, we've already seen that one. Uh, Rangers putting three past St. Mirren. What else we got? PSV, four uh, against Sparta Rotterdam. Bayern Munich winning big 3-0 against uh, SA Freiburg at the Allianz Arena. And Barcelona splitting the points with Granada away from home. Coming up next, we're going to talk MLS. Make sure you join us. We'll be right back in just a minute. <laughs> 